Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everyone and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. Every week we bring you insights into film, television, online video, VR and so much more. This week we're going to be talking about motion design, training, masterclasses, tutorials, techniques, processes, creativity, all that and so much more with the man himself, Kerry Smith, Division 5. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. When I talk about Division 5 masterclasses with other motion designers, the reaction's the same. It's basically, Kerry is funny as, and the training is top-notch. Oh, there's swearing involved? Totally. We keep it clean on here. That's unacceptable. I know. Everyone's that empowered by your content, it's driving them to swear all over the world. Uh, you know, when I get comments, they're kind of glowing and really, um, really it's really nice to hear. It's still, you know, it's a little hard to um, kind of imagine how they feel about it because it's just, it's usually text. It's like, you know, over Slack or over YouTube or something like that. But I, I definitely get the whip out when I hear that swearing, unacceptable, <laughs> as if I don't cuss like a sailor in my own videos. <laughs> it really keeps the momentum of the content moving along, just putting that humor into it. Yeah, I think so. How planned was it? That's just you? Were you just being fully natural? Or was there a real sort of, I want to get these points across, but I want to give people a little bit of a breath, bring in this humor to let them resonate a bit? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my natural disposition. I find, you know, I find that monotony is exactly what it sounds like. It's monotonous and boring. <clears throat> you know, the kind of content that I've been trying to make is, it's not really the kind of content that most people expect you know, because we're so flooded, the the scene is so flooded with quote unquote tutorials that to try to get somebody to understand, like this isn't a tutorial, like this is more akin to what you might have gotten in art school, crossbred yeah. with like career experience. And so they're like, well, why would I want that? Like when I, I can go learn how to, you know, render shiny balls somewhere else. So just trying to make it as engaging as possible so that they can get to the point in the video where they realize, oh, this is actually really important, um, has been kind of beneficial for me. Otherwise, people tend to drop off and they're like, I don't know what this is. But, you know, getting them over that hump, over that threshold of kind of understanding like this is super valuable to me is is kind of important. So that's what I do. It's so different than all the other content that I've watched over the years. And it really made me think back to when I was studying, which was a while ago now. But I had some really top tutors. But I never got this kind of content because it was always about the fundamentals of typography and design. But actually thinking through the creative process has been a process, not like mm -hmm. this mystic black right. box that you pull something out of exactly yeah, yeah. there's there's a, i think pretty much everyone has that conception at the start of like you know you only see the final product that other people put out and when it's amazing you don't you, don't, you can't really see like the three days that they put into it and all the failures that they went through so yeah it seems like why is that person just so naturally gifted how did they just immediately like poop this out onto the page <laughs> and it's amazing yeah. when i poop something onto the page it looks like poop why is that um yeah it's confounding for a lot of people i yeah. totally understand i'm i'm it's something that i've been really thinking about a lot is that 
we have this creative process and we have this terminology of mistakes. And I say, I said it a lot of times. And really, they're not mistakes. They're, they're the fundamentals of moving forward to find mm-hmm. where the right place is. I wish there was like a, another word for it. It's yeah. an intermediary step. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, that whole statement, the kind of cliche of, you know, fail harder is, it's like, it's true, but God, it just sounds bad. Yeah. You know, like we just have such a negative outlook on failure, just that word itself. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I wish there, I, I really wish I could come up with another word and start using it. Or if you figure it, you know, if you figure something out, let me know. I definitely, definitely will. The latest masterclass, really, and it is a masterclass. Number seven, style and strategy. It's been received really, really well. Yeah, so far, yeah. It feels like this latest one is really um, diving much deeper into that process that you show in the storyboarding class. So I guess it was number six, the one that I Snapdragon, which was the sort of the first you know masterclass that I put together. Yeah, um, you know that one goes through the whole process of production and it kind of weaves design and conception into it. And it's a really like, it's an admittedly, honestly, very messy process um, when you do it that way. And so I really wanted to go back to the basics and just say, okay, look, you know, that's, that's how you can do a project when you're doing it by yourself, when it's, you know, a sole endeavor. <clears throat> but, you know, if you're going to do a project for a studio um, and you're going to have some kind of creative input, like it has to be a lot more structured. And when it's that case and when you're up against deadlines, you know, you're working for a studio, that's the case it is, then, you know, you're going to need some, some tactics to fall back on when you get yourself in trouble. Cause you're gonna, yep. you're going to go through, you know, you're going to have the, you know, that bad word failure. You're going to have to fail through a couple things and it might be kind of, uh, it might put you off a little bit. And when that happens, you know, here's kind of how to work through it. Here's why you want to work through it. You know, all this kind of stuff. And <clears throat> yeah, when I did the, um, when I did the, well, uh, so, so the first one that I did was this one about building a reel. And that was basically a direct response to having just done years of critiques for people, yeah. mostly online. Uh, on, you know, they'd, they'd like post their reel and I just feel compelled to be like, you know what, you could think about this and this and this and here's some things. And I just found I was sort of saying the same stuff over and over and over to people, but they were always really grateful to hear it and it seemed to do them well. And I was like, why don't I just codify this? Because it's the same stuff that other people who have this knowledge are saying. Um, and we all just sort of keep repeating ourselves. So yeah. why don't I just make, you know, make some kind of thing that people can go to to be like, oh, that that helps. And I was like, well, it's probably should be in video form since this is about making videos. That makes a whole lot of sense. Not like and, a podcast um, about video. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the iron. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, you know, podcasts, they, they absolutely have their place. Like there's a lot of stuff to discuss that doesn't require visual reference. Yeah. But that specific thing, like the, the specific things I wanted to talk about really, really benefit from being able to see what, you know, is being talked about. So I did that and it got a much bigger response than I thought it would. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just drank a bucket of milk. So I keep having to clear, clear my throat. It's really <laughs> gross. Probably gross that I drank a bucket of milk too. But, um, 
yeah, so it got a much bigger response than I thought it would. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I thought that was just going to be a one-off, um, but it was fun and informative and is doing people well. So I'll just do another one. And I was like, what's the second most important thing I can think of? Okay. Storyboarding. Let's just do a basic kind of, you know, rough discussion of storyboarding. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that in doing that one, I discovered um, a lot more about <clears throat> making the videos. There's my milk growl. <clears throat> um, that's going to be lovely through the rest of the podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I think that in continuing to try to discover sort of different topics to talk about, I was like looking back at that one and like, you know what, that one's really important. I, I think that I need to go into that in much more detail and in greater depth and really organize a curriculum of sorts which is what I did in, in Snapdragon and what I try to do generally. But, you know, style and strategy was trying to be more comprehensive, um, but at the same time go way, way deeper. You know, like yeah. people talk about deep dives now. It's like, yeah, it's it goes it goes pretty deep into sub subjects. So um, it was really, yeah, like trying to fill in the, the gaps for people that we just normally don't talk about. We don't hear about. So hopefully that worked. It definitely worked. I've gone through the creative process of so many different types of projects, um, working alone, working with teams, working with no time, working with so much time that it's ridiculous. And <laughs> there's so many insights that you shared through style and strategy about the creative process. I, I think that you gave a couple of really good real world examples <laughs> of where there's no real strong brief or there is a strong brief, but <laughs> yeah. time's a pressure key as well. And that time management, you know, I think that that's really key to build into your time the ability to explore and not just jump straight into an idea that first yeah. hits you. It's a really hard one to do because you just want to run at it really hard. Yeah, you want to start. You want to start seeing stuff that looks really nice right off the bat. Yeah. And sure, you can do that. But man, is it harder once you get into it? And you're like, why did I make this? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's not telling anybody anything. I've done that, you know, a million times. Yeah, it's it's a I'm sure you've, you know, run into that wall a 100,000 times. Well, I feel like I'm I've driven down <laughs> a road. I've just jumped onto a highway. Mm -hmm. I'm driving down the road. and I'm like, <laughs> I just got to get there real fast. So I'm just going to yeah. foot down. And I'm like, Oh shit! We're going in the wrong direction, <laughs> like completely. Yeah, I just had that for feeling. me. It's this. It's sort of the same for me. But I'll be like, you know, fifty miles down the road, and then I go, I, I'm not even sure where I was supposed to be going. <laughs> right? I just wanted to drive because the car was so cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. great, great road trip. But I have to be somewhere in like five hours, and I don't even know where that is. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. It's a, a really good analogy. Um, Everybody, check out the the intro to Style and Strategy, and we'll have that in the show note links. Shout out to Matt Lloyd for doing the show notes. Really appreciate it, mate. I want to loop back right now, Kerry. We've got we're speaking with Kerry Smith of Division Five. I'm going to loop back to the very first one, which was an epic um, class on making a show reel. And I'm like, so is Axel now just this mega juggernaut creative director based off that reel? Is he I, I highly <laughs> doubt it. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, God, I, I try not to go back and watch those videos because it really hurts. You know how, like, the first time you hear your voice, 
Um, and it's like not what you want to hear in your head. And it just makes you cringe. And I mean, thankfully, you know, people were nice enough to say like, oh, you should do this. You got a good voice. And I'm like, okay. And, um, but yeah, when I, uh, when I did it, um, I had originally just, I'd gone on what, what then was MoGraph.net. I don't know if you ever adventured into MoGraph.net. Um, but, um, I basically just asked, you know, the people there, I was like, Hey, I want to try to do this thing. Like, does anyone want to offer up their, their materials for sacrifice? Um, and let me make a reel out of it. And this guy that, you know, I hadn't really talked to was like, here you go. And he had great material. He just hadn't put it together into a reel that, that really was utilizing all that stuff as well as it could be. And I was like, I can do something with this. Um, and through the course of making it, you know, I, I f was fully conscious of the fact that he's never going to use this reel. Like I'm building this as an example for him. Like if, you know, it would be, I, I would imagine that if that were me on his end, I'd be kind of embarrassed to like use someone else's cut of my reel, considering that it's a demonstration of my skills. So I was like, he's not going to use this. Um, but you know, he does really good work. So I imagine now probably what, three, four years down the road, he's probably doing, you know, bigger, better work. I'd say that it's given him a lot of PR and he didn't even yeah. <laughs> so, Possibly, yeah. So, so, Possibly. I, I'm sure it's had some benefits. Yeah, maybe. I mean, people certainly got to look at his work. Um, yeah. and, and it's good thought, stuff. And th really thought about it. You know, it's not yeah. often that you're really analyzing someone's work in, in that yeah. much detail. Yeah. yeah. Or that you have some jackass sitting there, like, picking it apart. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I'm, like, sitting there saying, yeah, not this stuff so much. Not that. This is C-grade work. This is the A work. Um, yeah, that had to feel kind of rough. It's um, It's a really interesting industry with being subjective and objective and what's good and what people mm -hmm. like and yeah I, I see that a lot at the moment with dailies of what's getting all oh, the yeah. likes all over the internet and I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit done with the dailies and even following them and there's a lot of same same and yeah what's really been interesting to me is people have stepped away from that and actually really thought about what they want to make and it comes back to that storytelling where they're actually going, well, I'm going to do a project that has a story and getting yeah. back to it rather than making Instagram fodder. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of sort of large themes in style and strategy specifically. I, I just watched it again just to refresh myself. And, and um, you know, amongst those is that idea of really figuring out how to create value. You know, that people are... That, that audiences are actually going to care about what you made, that it's going to provide them with something. Maybe that's inspiration or it's just going to compel them or maybe it'll provide them with just some sort of emotional switch in their day or, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's just informational. Maybe it teaches them something. Um, but, yeah, the the I think the confusion for a lot of people is like there's so much focus on daily renders. And it's like, well, those are great. Um, as a kind of, as a kind of deadline based way to learn for yourself. And then you post it as a way to kind of make yourself responsible each day to do it. And some of them are really beautiful and people like us get excited about it because, you know, we're nerds. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, but you know, people outside of the industry are just, 
are, are mo- for the most part just like oh that's uh huh yeah that's nice oh, great good job and they're just you know that's that's all there is for them there's nothing valuable yeah um, and so yeah like really trying to refocus the energy on things that that you know tend to matter more to people things have to be beautiful but stuff like narrative stuff like storytelling concepts that that kind of stuff um is is actually where the meat of meaning is for most people that's where it, that's where your work becomes compelling and valuable in a larger scale yeah so you know just trying to kind of continually talk about how to invest meaning how to get to the point where your work is compelling um continuing to push your work beyond that point where you're like, I like that lens flare because nobody else, ca- <laughs> that's really the heartbreaking thing is like nobody else cares about that lens flare. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, at this point, you know, everyone has access to the same tools so everyone can make that lens flare. You're not special anymore because of that. <laughs> so, you know, the shiny renders thing. Um, yeah. I mean, you can put a bunch of Chrome balls next to a, you know, a, an illuminated object and make it reflect off of a, you know, wiggly floor or something. And it's like, it looks cool. Okay. Next. It's yeah. like, well, but that took me four hours. And you're like, well, no, nobody cares. Like that's what that's heartbreaking. Right. Yeah. So, well, it's, what's even more heartbreaking is the thought that you're getting some likes and a lot of likes, but nobody is diving <laughs> into that any further than that. And yeah. so being, I don't know, swept up in feeding this machine of um, instant gratification is right. actually kind of distracting you from possibly making something with a lot more substance that says something mm-hmm. to the world. Yeah. Which I'm always interested in how, especially for a um, self-motivated project that you're doing for yourself, giving yourself that initial brief to point your putting you in a direction because I do find that quite difficult for myself when I've got a client project mm-hmm. that's easy it's easy mm-hmm. to think about what the story what the communication what we need to hit for the client's needs when it comes to a personal project it's much harder to get yourself into a line of focus yeah like what yeah try to narrow it down to the point where you can actually make things that are relevant to what you want to do yeah yeah I mean that's that's sort of what um uh, episode six, the Snapdragon one was was really an exploration. I don't know. I don't know if you saw that one, but I'm halfway um, through. I'm going to be honest. Oh, I've you wa- are. I've watched Stalin Strategy. But okay, I'm you really like that. Uh, yeah. Okay, so so in the Snapdragon one, you know, I that was self motivated. So I decided, like, wouldn't it be cool if I took this project that you know seemingly was completed, but if I took it and added on to it and created a whole kind of narrative around this one set of images. And, um, and I think that, yeah, it, it sort of explores a lot of those topics of how do you generate something for yourself that other people are actually going to end up caring about? Mm. Um, how do you invest in a project that, that needs more than just shiny renders? Um, and yet at the same time does need, you know, shiny renders, like you want it to be really beautiful and, and for the things that are beautiful to also be compelling. It's like one of my main points is, look, it can be really beautiful, but that doesn't hold people's attention all that long. The beauty has to come from some kind of meaning. And so being able to do both of those things, to find an idea 
or a narrative or something of that nature that you can then build into something beautiful is it's a little harder. It's a little trickier, Um, but that's really where that value comes from. Yeah. It's been really honest about the purpose of a piece of work. And um, sometimes, sometimes the purpose is just to make a really sweet, shiny sphere. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But be honest with yourself about what you're doing. Yeah, like, okay, it is really sweet. As long as there was a reason that I did it so that other people can kind of appreciate that, like they can be drawn in by the narrative. And then suddenly there's a shot of this thing that's just so cool. And it means things in, you know, in the context of that narrative. And people are just like, holy, that's cool. You know, that's when it's really exciting. And people respond to your work really well. Yeah. So on your day to day, what is your role on the projects that you're involved with professionally? And and on top of that, I'm also kind of interested in like how much animation are you doing? But the first one's probably a big answer in itself. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> this is an interesting time for me because traditionally, so like I, I've been in the industry for a while. Um, I graduated from CalArts in 2003 and, um, and basically, you know, I, I had a degree in graphic design and I just had throughout school kind of this incredible notion of, you know, motion design is amazing. And I, I would really love to be involved in that. <clears throat> and it just so happened that a couple of my first jobs were in that industry. So yeah, my, um, my role has kind of evolved out of basically being somebody who does boards, right? Like, that, that full set of skills of you have to understand how to break down a brief. You have to get, kind of get at what the client wants. And typically the client, most clients don't really know what they want. If they did, they'd probably be able to make it themselves, yeah. right? But they're coming to you for advice, for inspiration, for your expertise. And so a lot of times you have to kind of interpret for them um, the kinds of feelings that they have and their, the expectations that they have. And um, that all kind of goes into how you concept and then being able to, you know, do simple things like convey a narrative or convey information all visually and do it beautifully in a compelling way. Um, that kind of goes into, you know, that job of being the person who who does storyboards. And, and that job is typically, you know, in a, a situation where a studio goes, hey, we we need to do a pitch you know, for, a, for this client that we have and we just don't have all the resources right now. So we're going to bring you in and hopefully you can, you know, bang this out in a few days. And my job really has been that throughout the, the bulk of my career. Um, so it's kind of like I come in as a sort of studio in and of myself mm-hmm. and I just, I just provide a studio with more stuff that they would be doing. Um, And that means that I have to fulfill kind of every role from the creative director down to the, you know, the guy that JPEGs uh, the stuff and sends it in an email. So it's a really varied position and I like it. And I have been um, in production before and I've art directed teams and I've done all kinds of stuff. And I've just found personally that the production end isn't something that I'm quite as geared towards. I really like animating, but in a production environment, I don't flourish. 
And I don't, <laughs> I don't want to ask people to pay me <laughs> to do that when I'm really terrible at it. So, um, right now I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out where I land in between. It's like, can I ever make, can I ever make these videos into like a successful, um, self-supporting business? I, I don't know. It's not really financially feasible right yeah. now. Um, but you know, can I find some sort of position where I don't just have to trade my time for a uh, pay of some kind? Is yeah. there a way that I could create, you know, creative direct or it's, it's an interesting time for me trying to figure out where I land. Um, yeah, so that's, if that answers your question in a really long-winded way. No, it definitely doesn't. It sort of brings up some other really valuable things to discuss too. I think that um, being a studio identity of your own, working for another studio, are you working under the Division 5 brand? Or is it just I mean, typically, curious? you know, yeah, I mean, the way that, that studios typically work, they're just, you know, producers are basically just looking for freelancers who can... Um, it, do anything in a, in a, you know, there's a spectrum of needs, right? So it's like, we just need people to fill seats. Just, we need to put butts in seats, um, all the way up to, we need someone to be a complete lone wolf and just provide everything from creative down to visuals. Um, so they're, they're basically just looking for freelancers and they want to hire you as a freelancer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, technically in the States, like a lot of freelancers are their own company, but it's not like they, you know, I mean, honestly, that's how a lot of studios get started, though, is like one place needs someone to produce like a full piece and some freelancers like, uh, yeah, I could do that. And then they like on the sly, like call their friends and they're like, hey, dude, I need to I need you to help me on this project. I'll pay, you know, and yeah. then suddenly a studio started like yeah. that's how it works. It was really interesting what you're saying just before about can these videos that you're creating sustain you? And I think that it's something that I was talking with Ryan Summers that he brought up is about mm -hmm. motion designers moving away from being service providers to actually creating products for them themselves. Right. But also it's, it's a bit of a tricky one where I, th I feel that we can make products that are easy to sell into our bubble of community f to other mm -hmm. motion designers, whether that's a, a script or a texture pack or a shader or, or even training content. Do you feel like yeah. with your content, I feel that it really has the potential to go wider than motion, that, that creative process and that problem solving goes further than that? Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I think it was the third, the third one that I did that I just put up, you know, I put the first five up for free on YouTube. So they're, and they're shorter, they're like 25 minutes or something. And I think this one was about composition. And I don't know, somebody outside of our little niche industry found it and it, it went way wider. So it got swept up into the filmmaking community. And, um, you know, people who don't do animation or design or whatever, they're just straight up live action and editing yeah. and whatnot. And, um, you know, there were a lot of people sending me comments from outside just saying, like, oh, this was great. Like, I've never really thought about shooting this way before. And I'm like, yeah, it's all the same. Um, I'm really glad that somebody was able to kind of identify that this is, um, you know, valuable to people outside of, of the motion graphics industry. Yeah. And, and, yeah, the you know, a lot of 
all the stuff that I make is specific to motion graphics. I do it in that context. And, and the people that I'm talking to are motion graphics uh, designers, animators, um, directors, what have you. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, it is absolutely applicable to all kinds of um, creative visual artists. It's just that, um, again, it's that really hard leap to make between tutorials and um, this stuff that I'm making where people just don't like it's almost like people most people can't even really conceive that this kind of thing exists so they don't know to look for it yeah. and when they see it they don't necessarily know what it is so it's a little confusing yeah. um but it could go it could go bigger uh that would be great because i'd like to be able to to keep making these things more regularly if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it you've got to check it out and really encourage you to um buy the class it's so worth it i've been working professionally for 17 years and it really shook me up to the creative processes and some of the old um, tropes that you fall into and sort of waking yourself up and that's why it is different from a little tip or a tutorial it's not like a instant here's the button it's really going to make you think about your professional career and how you apply yourself to all the future jobs and how you approach projects and how you think creatively and how you manage time and so there's so much that actually is going to require you putting in a lot of hard work but actually having <laughs> the steps to feel that you're going in the right way and approaching it right I, I, that's why i love it personally yeah yeah i well i appreciate you saying that i i think that you know there <clears throat> again some of those things like when when people are are looking at well should i get this one or this one it's like this one will teach me how to make stuff in krakatoa it's like, well, that's cool. This one will give me a broad foundation to make more compelling work in general. I don't necessarily know what that means. So I do know what Krakatoa is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if this other one would be that exciting. And I'm like, I know that that's the case before I even go into making these videos. Yeah. So I try to make them like stretch the entire spectrum of here's some like creative process tips. And then also here's how you actually get down to the nitty gritty of making really beautiful stuff. It's just that we've already covered the bases of how did we even get to the point where we were making something in the first place so that the concept was interesting before you got to the point where you were like, you know, painting in something or like rendering something out. It's like, well, now you've got it set. Like you're good to go now. Yeah. Now yeah. you can just, you can make that thing crackle. Like that thing's going to be beautiful. Everyone can say that the last 20% of a project is the 80% of the hard work. Mm -hmm. that, um, yeah. A lot of people, I think, don't know why they got to their 80% mark. They didn't, yeah. they didn't know yeah. why that they were heading there. And that's what I really liked about the last style of strategy is that you're giving yourself some things to fall back on when you're not sure and then yeah. you do know you're reaffirming for yourself why you've yeah. created the work that you have. Yeah, and really, you know, one of the things that I I, um, I really try to return to a lot is how to continue refining. Because that, you know, that, that first part of a project where you start bubbling with ideas or maybe you just get focused on one and you start ramming your way through it. Um, sometimes those ideas end up, they end up kind of, they're actually vapor, Yeah. Right. You kind of reach a point where you're like, 
I thought I th- I thought this was going to be so cool. Why did I think? Why can't I get it there? Yeah. And and sometimes the problem is, well, it really wasn't much of an idea to begin with. You just were excited about some kind of vacuous thing. Um, and sometimes there actually was something, and you just need to be able to have the tools to go. Okay, let's let's just sit for a minute and break this down and figure out where it went wrong. And how can I get it back on track? Or what was it missing? What gaps do I need to fill in? And and then, and, you know, once you kind of start to figure that out, there's like this whole process you can you can apply to it to get all the way back to the point where you're like figuring out, okay, does this need to be a little brighter? Does this need to be, you know, a little bigger? Like, should I change this element? Does that render look good? Can I read this well? Are all the shapes, you know, legible? Like that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. so it's, it's taking it at every step, looking at it at every level. Yeah. So you're like, okay, am I, am I kind of developing the concept? Is it still interesting? And are the things that I'm making representing that concept in a way that's compelling? So the people like can feel the way that I feel about it, yeah. you know, so that you can really like get the response that, you know, where, you know, you connected with somebody yeah. and people can go, I love that. And you're like, I know it's great. But it's also having that mental um, checklist of going through those and questioning yourself and being yes. and, and being responsible to yourself before you show it to um, clients or a creative yeah. director. So yeah. many so many times I've had a creative director say, "I'm not sure," and not be able to articulate why they're not right. sure. If right. you're able to articulate why you are sure. Yeah, that, that you might find that you're not having to go back and create a whole new idea as often. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah, there was a little section in uh, style and strategy where I just talked about that idea of of you know what it's it might sound ridiculous, but but if you sit there and talk to yourself about what it is that you're doing and you try to continually get better at describing why you're doing what you're doing, you're going to get to a point where you're really sure of what you're doing. And that makes all your decisions going forward way easier. It makes everything more compelling down the line. And when some creative director goes, okay, this is really nice, but I'm not totally sold. You just immediately know you're like, well, this is this is why. Does I mean, does that make sense to you? And they're like, oh, well, yeah, fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, this is my imaginary scenario where everything goes well. But, yeah. you know, that's sort of the... <laughs> Everyone's looking for a rock to grasp onto in yeah. these rough seas. So yes, show exactly. them where the rock is and you'll be sweet. <laughs> yeah. I just provided you an imaginary rock. Look at, isn't that a great rock? It's re- it's so shiny. Rendered really well. Uh, I did you did you make that in Krakatoa? Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and here's why. <laughs> so, do you screen capture every project you do, um, <laughs> or is that is, is that part of your process at all, or is it just for the training? <laughs> oh my god, I can't tell you how nerve wracking it is to screen capture your own workflow. Like, it's like literally having a crowd of people standing right behind you watching you work. You know, like you press that record button and your nerves instantly just go, "Ah, okay, (laughs) we're on stage now. Um, No, I don't because, you know, a lot of the projects that I do with studios, they're, you know, they're under NDAs, of course. And and uh, and just the idea of 
you know, if you work with a new studio coming in and going, hey, can I record this whole? They're, they're like immediately on guard and they're just like, yeah, I, uh, I don't know about that. We're just going to say no. Um, yeah. because we've got a million dollar client that we don't want to lose. <laughs> um, and we don't like lawsuits. So the ones that I record are typically ones where I'm really, uh, really friendly with, um, the, the people that I'm working with. I've done a few with this friend of mine owns a studio, um, called now and it spelled N A U cause he thinks that's cool. And, um, <laughs> it's so and, now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, you know, he does, he does great work. His studio does great work. And so when he calls me to do a project, you know, he knows my work, he knows my sensibilities, he knows how I like to work. So I know that the, that it's probably more often than not going to turn out well, and I feel less pressure. So that's when I'll, I'll be like, buddy, I got it. Can I record this? And he, you know, he's always like, yeah, don't worry about it. So, so some of those recordings are actually as you're creating the project because I had sort all, of yeah oh that's amazing they all are yeah wow. so it's it's the real process it's it's start to finish no like you'll recreations watch me. no yeah I mean you know sometimes for the sake of the what I'll call the curriculum I guess or just the the narrative that I'm trying to provide um, I'll reorder a couple of small elements like I just need to talk about this before I get to this point. So I'm just going to back this two minutes of footage up to here. Yeah. But it, it typically makes no difference to your experience of how I would have built it. So yeah. it is absolutely from brief to delivery um, the entire process yeah. uh, with, you know, things like me going to the bathroom, just cut out for your own sake because <laughs> – well, maybe you want to watch that. I don't know. No, no shame. No shame. I, I, I'd be, I'd be keen to see what you, what you say over that the content. <laughs> that, that's, I'm pretty sure, going to be yeah. a pretty funny point in the video. Look, I've got great <laughs> advice on how to take an excellent bathroom break. That is just, that's why you want to watch these videos. Um, it was, I, I really do like in um, the video where you're exploring um, the fight. Um, and then going, oh, wouldn't this have been cool if I'd done this little bit? We are, mm. we are defining the shape of the gloves. And, and oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the idea of going, this is what really happened, but oh, I'm kicking myself that I didn't do this or this really kind right. of made me think more about, yeah. you know, when you do get to that finish point of like really grilling yourself on what will I kick myself if I miss what's in here <laughs> yeah i love to kick myself that's great um self-abuse is the fa- is my favorite part of the whole process um yeah no there you know there's always that it's like w- once you get to the point where you feel really comfortable with the project and you know what you're doing and you're so sure that it's it's turning out cool right like those i i don't know how many how much of a percentage of your product projects feel like that at some point but you know a lot of times when I'm ex- when I get to that point where I'm excited and I feel good about it, then it's just like it's a race. Like, oh, I, I want to do this. And then, oh, I've got this other idea. And oh, how much time do I have? And it's like, you know, oh, I got an hour and a half. Like, what can I pack into that? And then you finish it and, you know, you're, you're, you're proud of it. You like the way it looks. You like looking at it. So you go back and look at it and you're just like, oh, dang it, I could have done this, you know, and then you just start getting, it's like, you know, that idea machine just gets going and you're excited. Yes. It's, I've definitely had that experience where you're just really pumping and there's all these ideas of what you could do with it. And 
And it's like, oh, I better not forget that one as it flies through your head. And it's like, <laughs> that's the bloody one I miss every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, the case sometimes is just like, especially when you're in that pitch schedule or you just have a deadline, which is, you know, obviously really common, um, yep. is just, it's like, I really want to do that, but I know it's going to take me five hours and I've got an hour and a half. Like, I can't, oh, I wish I could have done it. Well, what else can I do? You know, like, can I come up with something else that will be faster that I can do that will also be interesting or will make this amazing? Yeah. And it's like that, you know, when you've got that kind of adrenaline rush pushing up against a deadline, those kinds of ideas can start popping out. And when you get them, it's like, oh, okay, let's do it. You know? Yeah. And you still kind of lament the things you didn't get to afterwards. But sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes it's just that process where you're in the flow and it just feels good. And. Yep. everything's just coming out you're like this is amazing i don't want to go to bed <laughs> or i i just can't because i have to get this done I, i've exactly. always yeah it's like when you're driven and you you know that you you have to just do the work and you can't do anything else it's um, you can't take that bathroom break and you end up in a puddle of your own mess because <laughs> it's, it's a good tuesday <laughs> it's a great it's a great day for diapers <laughs> Tip number seven. Okay. <laughs> Division five. Where's the name come from? Um, so it was one of those names. I don't know if you remember. Um, I, I mean, when I, when I graduated, it was 2003. So I just dated myself. Or maybe I made myself an authority. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but back then, it was like the idea was for me, um, I don't know what I'm going to end up doing. So I want to, I want to, I want to brand myself in a way that's kind of flexible, right? And so I just came up with like something that I thought sounded vaguely cool to like some narrative I had in my head, but at the same time was like completely arbitrary and generic. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you could apply that name to pretty much anything. Right. And thankfully, I have I've been able to because yeah. I used to just use this for my own, you know, personal portfolio site and and now I can just kind of use it for that. And you know, it's a little it's a little problematic because, you know, I, I'd like to just say Division 5, but then if people type in Division5.com, it's not that, it's Division 05. And so I have to literally just say, oh, yeah, my site's Division 05. And they're like, that's a little long-winded, don't you think? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really think about that. Who, who knew this whole internet thing would take off? Yeah. <laughs> who, knew that, who knew that the fact that somebody had the, the the actual domain division five and I had to take zero five and they never even put anything on their website. I kept checking for years and they still had it. And I was just like, you know what? God damn it. You guys. They'll be, they'll be something like your website. Yeah, they'll be pissed. They've basically been waiting for you to come and buy it off them for all this time. <laughs> it's like, is this guy yeah, ever going to come and buy it? <laughs> me with my literally dozens of dollars to spend on a website <laughs> domain name. And they're like, uh, we want your dozens of dollars. Everybody, jump onto the site. We'll have a link so you don't even have to type out that URL. So click on the link in the show notes and check out the content. Really love you to watch it's so different you won't be disappointed and yeah you'll become a fan like me sorry for fanboying the hell out of you and the slack slack channel there um oh, Kerry, sorry oh, about drench that, me in your fanboy <laughs> weirdness oh god so, so good Kerry's joined um the pro video slack group and we've been chatting away in there and um yeah i was a little bit fanboyish and 
but hey, I own it. I respect. So well, you know what? What Blair's not saying is that, uh, and I confess this before. I'm literally sitting here in my underwear, so it you know it just makes things that much weirder. Maybe that much more regular. <laughs> I mean, I'm usually like this, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here in my underpants, but I've got jeans on over them. So. There's a window in the office, and people are staring, <laughs> staring in at you, wondering what's going on. What kind I'm, of podcast I'm, is that? I'm just trying to make Carrie feel more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so comfortable right now. This is uh, the utmost in comfort. And now it's time for the pro video packs. Okay, I'm going to segue like a sledgehammer over to Pro Video Picks. It's the section oh, we sweet. do at the end of every show where we can share some insights from our guests. So, Pro Video Pick, Kerry, what would be your Pro Video Pick this week? So, I think that, that in the last few years, I think that's been one of the biggest bonuses for me. The biggest boost is, is just understanding that you actually, I think everybody has this, but you have a kind of peak creative time each day just like maybe it's a few hours um where you know your sleep wake cycle is sort of in line so that you're not sleepy but you're kind of you know you're not restless you're not like full of pep like you can actually sit there and really focus and for me that time of day is i'd say between 10 p.m and 2 a.m which is terrible because my sleep schedule is horrendous but um, that period for me is really important. And so I've learned to protect that time during the day um, so that I'm not, you know, when I'm in a project so that I'm not taken away from it during that time. Because that's when that's when gold comes out for me. Um, cool. And it's when I get the most stuff done. I'm, I'm honestly usually really surprised at how much I can get done in a four hour time span when it's in the right four hour time span. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes I, I chime in with some answers, but I've got to get back to my job. So we're going to burn <laughs> through and we'll just have yours. All right. Uh, full disclosure, full honesty with everyone. <laughs> Normally we ask who you're following online and I really enjoyed your answer to this. So who are you following online? Um, well, here, so I'll just, I mean, what I put in the question was just that I, Honestly and admittedly, social media is a huge distraction for me. So I avoid outright following of basically anyone. Although, um, you know, confession, I do use Twitter to to share stuff that I find inspiring, mostly because, you know, there there are people out there who have found my videos and they're like, oh, we want to, you know, we want to know more. And I can't I can't afford to put videos out that often because they're so. Um, time consuming. They're so laborious. Yeah. Take me months and months. So um, just posting, you know, the occasional uh, Twitter inspiration. I probably should have picked Instagram to begin with, but again, I'm an idiot. So <laughs> there it is. It's Twitter. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, you know, that's sort of my answer to that. I follow no one. I'm the jerk. <laughs> it doesn't matter when you're a industry legend, people follow you. Oh, I'm a bouse now. Great. <laughs> Sitting here in my underwear. Underwear bouse. Nice. All right. Inspiration and influence. So where do you go to find your inspiration and influence? Um, honestly, um, that one is, is, is tricky because I look at – I look at motion graphics stuff like everyone else does because it's exciting, you know, and it directly applies to 
things you want to make and it's instantly inspirational, right? But as soon as you look at someone else's stuff and you're inspired by it, typically, I find, at least for myself, and I know this is true of a lot of my friends and, and people that I've talked to, it's like you want to make that stuff when you see it. You're like, I want to make that too. Problem is somebody else already made it. So, yeah. <laughs> so if you come up with something that you think you've done a really good job with, but it came directly from someone else's work, it looks like their work, what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to show it to people. They're going to be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, you stole someone else's work." <laughs> so, um I do look at that stuff, but I try to limit myself um to to uh only looking at so much of it. And and mostly I just find inspiration everywhere. Like when you're awake and you're just trying to be open to experiences, uh new ideas, you know, you go out um, you go for a walk. This is the cheesy example, but you know, it's like you're looking at flowers in someone's garden and it's like, you, you know, something occurs to you or you just, you go out and you have experiences and those experiences kind of fill up your reservoir of visual ideas or conceptual ideas or whatever. And yeah. the, you know, the, again, another episode I did, it's, it's, I think it's episode five. It's basically all about that. It's about how you do it, why you do it, the best ways to do it, the, you know, how you incorporate that into your lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's a really good episode, that one. And it well, reminds me of when doing photography or 3D, where suddenly you're really looking at light and how light mm. works. Suddenly yeah. when you go out into the real world, you start analyzing, but you're not looking at it through the same way you used to because you're actually looking at it at someone who's trying to replicate it or understand it you're thinking deeper and it's the same thing for this inspiration where when you actually start looking at the world around you as a Pinterest board of potential Mm -hmm. inspiration, you start logging in your mental um, bank of knowledge. You start, you start thinking that thought process. I, I literally was look walking down to the shops and there's this um, pyre, which is sells pies and they've got the most, they got the crappiest coolest sign. I love it. It's all handwritten and it's just the shapes. You could never design that yourself. It's yeah. I'm just like really analyzing and thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Why is it so cool? What makes yeah. it so cool? And then you start to figure it out bit by bit. And then you can start utilizing those aspects of it that make it cool. And you're like, I never would have gotten that from looking at, you know, uh, Instagram daily renders. Like it just, it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so satisfying too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a great one. Um, inspirational video. What video would you like to share with everybody? So this one actually came out quite, I think a couple of years ago and it's really not, you know, it's not motion graphics. It's not animation. It is animation in a way, but it's like such an interesting, so it's it's by this guy named John Edmark. I haven't seen anything else he's done. The video is called Blooms 2. And he basically has designed in 3D these shapes that he 3D prints and, and then puts them on a turntable and spins them up to a specific speed. And then um, basically takes the shutter angle on a camera 
and puts it to uh, the same speed as the turntable. I'm doing a terrible job of explaining the technicalities of this, but... <laughs> this is where but, a video would be more helpful of yeah, the video. <laughs> you know what's amazing? There's going to be a link available to watch this. And it is like, it's just so, I don't know, it's hypnotic. The editing is really nice. The shapes are beautiful. Cool. The whole The whole concept is interesting. I just keep going back to it and I'm like, I like watching this. Nice. You know, it's like awesome. one of those things. Totally. Um, as Kerry said, there will be links. So check it out and then, um, yeah, join the Slack group and tell us what you think of that and share something with us in there as well. There'll be links to the Slack groups and the Facebook groups on the show notes. Kerry, where can people follow you online? Where's the best place? Um, I do very rarely post on Twitter, but there is a whole backlog of stuff I put up there. So that's um, twitter.com slash I just spelled division zero five by spelling out zero and then the number five. Um, it's ridiculous, but I'm sure there'll be a dot org dot net. Um, but I'm sure there'll be a link and, and, you know, um, anytime I put up a video, I, I make a little, um, kind of announcement or teaser trailer for it, but that's going to be fairly rare because they're so laborious and, uh, and yeah, you can, you can catch any and all that stuff at division zero five.com. Um, that's basically it. There's not a spread of stuff. But you have been chatting with people in the Slack group. So yeah, if, sure. if people do want to actually come and um, have a chat, we'll have a link to that. And yeah, thank you so much for joining the group and for being so open to everybody in there as well. Yeah, thank you, man. It's, it's been fun. This is the first podcast I've ever done. So you've just popped my cherry. <laughs> Hope That's it not weird hurt. at all. Still in my underwear. It's not weird, though. Not it doesn't weird. hurt, does it? It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little discomforting for oh. just a second there, but I, I like it now. <laughs> so I'll get you back on then in the future right. and we can talk awesome. about future projects that you're involved with. And awesome. I know like the rest of the industry, thank you so much. I'm, I can see how much work it would be involved. So understand that um, they take some time to put out in between. So can't wait for the next one. They do. Awesome. I'm glad you're excited. I'm glad you're excited. Sweet. Well, hey, you guys girls you love this episode please share it out to your social medias um yeah love you to do that get the word out there so join the slack group as well thank you again kerry for being on the show really appreciate it man you're absolutely welcome awesome till next week everyone have a great one and catch you next time bye Join the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Pro Video Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. 